Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 175 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us your ways. Help us learn more of you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what is happening in John chapter 18. Jesus is being betrayed by Judas. My heart is always touched when I read verse 4. Then Jesus, knowing all that was about to befall him, went out to them and said, Whom are you seeking? Whom do you want? We typically see people running for their lives when danger is present. Jesus steps into it. He is the ultimate courageous being that prayed to be put on the cross and then walked into his demise. In fact, he had to prompt his accusers again in verses 7 and 8. He also made sure that others were not harmed. Jesus was first sent to Annas, who then bound him and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. From there, Jesus was brought to Pilate. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge and sentence and punish him according to your own law. The Jews answered, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. So they pawned off their indignation onto Pilate. He found nothing that deserved sentencing Jesus for anything. As he asked the crowd to release Jesus, the crowd shouted back, Not him, not this man, but Barabbas. Jesus' death was sealed by his own people who knew him not. As we read in Acts today, let us remember that many of these very people who called for his death were now believers. Let's see what is happening in Acts chapter 4. Well, it starts out with the high priest's military commander and the Sadducees arresting Peter and John for teaching the people about Jesus. Even so, the number of new believers rose to 5,000. Annas, the high priest we read about whom Jesus was initially taken to, and Caiaphas, among other high-ranking people, asked Peter and John how they were able to heal as they had been doing. Remember, Peter healed the man who couldn't walk? Peter began to speak about Jesus. The leaders couldn't argue with their ability because the man who couldn't walk was standing in the courtroom. What a quandary! The leaders didn't know what to do with them. The only thing they could do was give them a warning. They told Peter and John not to teach about Jesus. In verses 19 and 20, Peter said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide and judge. But we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and heard. They were on fire for Jesus, and they weren't going to stop talking about him. It was their mission, after all. These men paved the way for us to know Jesus. Without them, we may have never heard about salvation through Christ. Let us be grateful for them today. But how did they do this? Our passages tell us they did this through prayer. Verses 29 and 30 say, And now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bondservants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly while you stretch out your hand to cure and to perform signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child and servant Jesus. Then we read that the building shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us lean into the power of the Lord through prayer and let us receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not talked about as much in any other book of the Bible as here in Acts. If you feel like you still need to receive this blessing, I encourage you to truly dive into the passages in Acts, research more about the Holy Spirit on your own, and ask God to lead you in your journey of seeking the Holy Spirit. It is a divine gift to receive God's Spirit into our hearts, and one that is as powerful as we read about here in this chapter. Well, let's see what's happening in First Chronicles chapter 17. 
We have read before where David wanted to build a house for God. Here we read the prophet Nathan heard from the Lord regarding David's desire and delivered the message to David. There are many promises made to him by God, and one of the most powerful promises is in verse 10, which says, Furthermore, I foretell you that the Lord will build you a house, a blessed posterity. David was told his son would rule after him. In fact, God said, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. God also talked about how he had risen David from a shepherd boy to a prince over his people. God does great things, my friend. There is nothing he cannot do. We read David's response to all the prophecies told to him. He is mightily grateful to the Lord and talks about the great things God has already done. He praised God as the God over the Israelites, his chosen people. The end of verse 27 is powerful and says, For what you bless, O Lord, is blessed forever. The enemy likes to put thoughts in our minds about how we are not good enough for God's blessings. Things like God will take away our blessings because we have failed in one way or another. But let us take heart and remember this verse when those voices of negativity strike. For whatever you bless, O Lord, is blessed forever. In chapter 18, we read about David conquering many people in lands. These words appear twice, once in verse 6 and again in 13. Thus the Lord preserved and gave victory to David where he went. God did this. God does this yet today. Let us trust in the Lord as David did and watch him fight every battle we face. Something else to note is in the last part of verse 17, and David's sons were chiefs next to the king. We've read this before, but this time through the Bible, I'm seeing this more and more. David raised his son to be chiefs. We all want the best for our children and do the best we can by them. David was no different. Unfortunately, we know the outcome of some of his sons. Amnon raped his half-sister. Absalom eventually killed Amnon and then led a revolution against his father. Then he was killed in a battle. Another son led a rebellion against Solomon and David and was killed as well. Yes, we try and do the best for our children. We must remember that God has a plan for each one. While three of David's sons didn't fare well, his son Solomon became the wisest man to ever live, except Jesus. Let us be thankful for the blessings our children bring us and the plan God has for them. Let's see what Solomon has to say to us in Proverbs chapter 25. There are lots of nuggets of wisdom shared with us here in this chapter. He starts out talking about the glory of God, which he says is concealed. Yes, we cannot even fathom the true glory of God. Every once in a while, we may get a glimpse of his glory, but it is faded in comparison to what we don't actually know. Solomon writes that kings attempt to search out the glory of God, and he writes both are unsearchable, the glory of God and the glory of kings. Well, as a mother, I know things my children don't know. I make decisions based on those things. My decisions don't always make sense to my kids because they don't know all the facts. However, if they did, they'd understand and potentially be more compliant when we disagree on something. I imagine this is something like what Solomon is writing about. The people came to him for answers, and they didn't have all the information. He gave his answer based on all the information. Let us think about the possibility of believing in God beyond what we believe today, simply by knowing we don't know everything he does but his plan is better than ours. He does have all the information and he is always acting on our behalf to help us and not hinder us. There are times I've had to wait beyond when I wanted to wait, so I waited impatiently. Maybe we can all do better here and wait a bit longer, knowing God knows what he is doing even though we may not. Verse 11 is full of wisdom and says, A word fitly spoken and in due season is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Yes, our words can be a thing of beauty, just as they can be the opposite. 
let us pray for wisdom to say the right things and hold back on the wrong ones. Verses 21 and 22 are noteworthy, and we should meditate on them. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward you. Some of us will never be given the opportunity to be kind to our enemies. We simply disassociate from them. But let us remember that Jesus offered bread and wine to Judas. He didn't hold back the first communion with him. We probably would hold back blessings from our enemies, especially if we knew what they were about to do as Jesus did. However, let us attempt to be more like Jesus and bless those who curse us, even if it's a short prayer throughout our days. We can pray for the strength and desire to do this, my friend, and God will answer that prayer. Let us pray. O oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more of your ways in your word today. Some of the lessons are difficult, some are easier. Lord, help us hear the difficult ones too and be obedient to you in all ways. Keep our hearts soft toward you so we continue to worship you and love you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.